0: Welcome back to the What the Folk Summon Review podcast. 10 man Summerland came from behind to take all three points this afternoon as we returned to lead one action with a win at Gillingham. And unlike a few games this season, I've got to be honest, there's been plenty talking points, so we won't fart about. Um, on today's show, we've got first and foremost the returning. It's been a while since you've been on, but uh, Jack Shields, he's actually waiting to get ready for a night out. Where are you going, mate? through the town just for a few drinks but
1: uh, you know it's 8 o'clock so uh you know i'm leaving it a bit late but it'll take, it doesn't only takes me five minutes to make me so beautiful graham so
0: takes me a bit longer gotta be honest with you um second of all a return voice as always now a regular voice really but brad sharp brad are you all right mate
2: yeah i'm very good graham thanks matt um, i going
0: to win can we no i mean we can if you look at twitter you can you can complain. I can complain win, after but... the
2: first I can complain from the first half, mate, but I can't complain after a win
0: uh, as a whole. So yeah, you take it as it is, don't you? Um and last but of course never least, um we have our opposition voice. And obviously no one will be surprised to know that that's one of my best pals on the podcast planet. Matt from Jills in the Blood. Matt, silly question because no one likes getting beat, but in general, are you all right?
3: Yeah, I'm okay. I'm at a McDonald's. Got a drink. I'm alive. <laughs>
0: <laughs> i've got to be completely honest though like matt i think this is the first time we've had you on after someone that' actually beat gillingham i was thinking this other day i'm pretty certain it's the first time you've done well, it's the first review podcast we've done of gillingham but i think it's the first time where we've beat you in recent memory and
3: you've been on a podcast so yeah because the only other one was at our place last season ironically we had a red card um but obviously that was it was weird when it because it was covid season and no one really gave it- can't even remember it, me. I can remember it. I've got a seven-year-old two seats away from me, so I can't swear to <laughs> um,
0: We'll dig straight into it. I think, Jack, um, without going into the juicy talking points too much, because obviously save the best for last, or at least the middle part, so people we'll stay with us
1: a little bit longer. Um, how are you feeling in the aftermath of, of the win? Yeah, good. Um, never really enjoy playing Gillingham because I think they always cause us a bit of bother. Happy to come out there with three points. I didn't think we... Played too well over the 90 minutes, but as always, the results, the most important thing. We've struggled away from home this season. Um, so yeah, I'm happy with it.
0: It actually hadn't dawned on me about our away from until I kind of sort of spoke to Matt during the week on, on Matt's podcast. And that's the first win since since MK Dawn. So yeah, actually quite quite huge performance aside, I think. And um, Brad, same question to you. How are you feeling in the aftermath without going into the juicy talking points?
2: Um, I've just about calmed down to be honest. The last 10 minutes was it was bloody awful to watch um, because being Sunderland over the last few years, you were just waiting for that goal to go in, you you were just thinking, oh, it's going to happen. And they have done it a few times,
0: then, Gillingham, to be fair. There's been a few 2-2 draws. I was like,
2: here we go. Yeah, 96 yeah. minutes. and uh, I mean, even from the off, um, I was a bit worried after the first 10, 15 minutes there. Big centre four, I can't remember his name. McKinney? He was... Oh, Oliver. 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 Um, he had that one chance, didn't he, uh, Matt? Where he he made it himself, flicked it up and put it just wide, nice volley, and he it, it looked like he was causing all sorts of bother. In the last ten minutes, I was like, oh god, they're going to get a goal here. Um, but I I was more proud of just seeing like the 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 character and the the effort that we put in. Um. But it was it was like so much different from listening to a pre-match through the week from what I was expecting based on what Matt said from the season because I thought Julian played actually quite well. Um, as as a whole,
0: I I always feel like Julian would give us a game. Though, like you said before, I always feel like it's just no matter what form we're in or there in, there's always like a game in it, which is why I'll never take a. A 3 0 or anything. I might have got a prediction right. I'm pretty certain I said either 2 1 or 2 0. I'm really hoping it's 2 1 because my predictions are horrendous. But, but Matt, I got it. I got it right. You got it right. Yeah, so you did. You said 2 1, I said 2 0, didn't I? Shit. Matt, obviously, it's a different perspective. There's been a few times this season where obviously we've spoken away, fan, it's been a
3: and win, which is good for us. But how are you feeling after the game? Frustrated in the sense that, that we've not got anything when I think we deserve definitely a point. Um, Proud in the sense that we reacted after what was a shocking performance at Wickham last week where we'd, the, the game's done after seven minutes. Annoyed that we, we switch off just before and just after half-time. Um, Fed up that your keeper makes an absolute weldy from the Robbie McKenzie header with about 10 minutes to go, managed to get a fingertip onto the post. Otherwise, it's going in and then it's game on. And I think if we did get the two all, I'd have backed us to win it because all the momentum was with us. I've just uploaded my match day live now. It was like the Alamo for the last 15, 20 minutes. The game was played solely in your third. Um, I think there's another penalty as well. Um, I've had a chat with Ace Underland fan on, um, on Twitter. He was a very nice fella. And when I said, why would John Akindi go over in the box when he's four yards out in the middle of the goal? And he said, because he's shite. So i thought well, that so i said well that's a well-educated reply cheers for that but you know but you, but, you,
0: but, but you agree with him matt you think he's shape let's be honest he's very good when he
3: came on today and he made a big difference <laughs> he linked up with the dame very well for me it's a stonewall penalty he, he's just pulling the trigger and he's had his leg wiped from my seat and i'm 10 rows back i'm sure sunderland fans are 75 yards away in the town in to tell us it's completely different but it's yeah frustrated but proud and if we play like that more often than not we'll be fine and if, if we play like that Tuesday night, I'd back us to beat Doncaster. But there's something different about Sunderland from your perspective this year. I think that's a game where we'd have probably got something last season, the season before, the season before that. You'd have folded. There's, there's a resilience there now. And you were very clever. You went to four four one. one It looked like you brought on Bailey Wright and he played right back. There was another big lump to, to head balls away um, and just left the big man up front. And yeah, you found a way to get over the line and credit to Sunderland for doing that. But I think the draw would have been a fair result.
0: In terms of the, the first half, Jack, obviously it was, it was a really poor performance first half. Let's, let's not beat around the bush with it. Um, coming off the bat of the Portsmouth game and taking out, the obviously, the, the Papa John's games, is it a bit concerning that we were that poor or am I just overanalyzing something?
1: Yeah, we didn't play well at all in the first half, Graham. Um, never really got going, never got into the stride. The only flicker that we got was the last five minutes of the first half and that was fortunately for us when we scored. Best move of the game, we produced a, a really good cross from the right and in no blinds there to kind of hook it into the net, but really frustrating with how slow we were, do you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. You know what you're going to get from Gillingham. They're going to be, they're going to be physical. They're going to be in our faces. They're going to be, you know, you know, creating chances and, and up, up against it. They're not going to give us an easy ride. They never have done. And uh, we were slaughtered. enough. We were second best. You know what I mean? Every 50-50 when Gillingham's were. Uh, they were the team that were getting balls in the box. They were the team that were creating chances. We had very, very little at all. And I was frustrated at how how much we give the ball away. You know, we haven't been like that this season. And thankfully for us, we got the goal at a very, very good time. You know, we seemed, you know, straight on the stroke of half time. Really, you know, I was I was thinking going into half-time, if we can get in half-time 1-0, we we'll can't be this bad in the second half. And luckily, we've got the equaliser on the stroke at half-time, half-time and it changes the game. And unfortunately for Dillingham, you know, they didn't deserve to go in, they deserved to go in in front, but, you know, we managed to score a fantastic time.
0: Brad, it's sort of the same with yourself as well. Um, the, the first half was poor. We were obviously talking off-air
1: um,
0: about the first half performance. I don't want to be critical after we've won a game of football because that's just not really fair. And, and ultimately, we'll, we'll have won, so you've got to praise the character, the, the side. But first half, how concerning was that? It,
2: it was very alarming to be honest, mate. No, it was the simple things: uh, five, ten-yard passes just going out of play. Uh, or Nyan couldn't pick out a red and white shirt if he if he tried. Like it, second, it was awful.
0: Second poor league game from O'Neill in that.
2: Yeah, second in a row, we commented on after the Pompey game, it was his worst and the day's performance from O'Neill and, and uh, as much as we love him, mate, that was on power, if not worse than his debut. Wasn't and improved, he, was it? He, 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 was, he was awful. And then there's summed it up as well. Winchester tried to play the ball down the right hand side, went out of play and he just kicked a tough of grass, like in frustration because he just knew that he, he expressed how all of us were feeling and usually like. I spoke on Total Sport after with Benno and I say, usually the old saying is it's a game of two halves. For me, that was a game of two thirds and one third. I think the first half, we were completely outplayed in every department um, with class or even like physicality, Gillingham with a better side. And like Jack touched on, Gillingham were very unlucky not to go in, 1-0 up. Um, the fact that we got a goal just before half time, it's changed the team talk ever so slightly Um obviously everyone says it's the best time to get a goal your tails are up and i thought the first five or ten minutes of the second half Matt, you guys were probably the better side as well you were you were pressing us back a little bit and i think come 53 54 minutes i think we got our foot on the ball a bit and until embleton got sent off that's when we started playing better football we we're one touch two touch and we we're moving Um and we scored a, a, a good goal, to be honest. And then when the red card came, it was just all Gillingham. And like Matt said, and I said just before, any other season, even if, whether it be Gillingham or Fleetwood, anyone like that, we'd have crumbled and wouldn't have even drawn. We'd have probably just got beat. So it is testament to the character. I don't want to be a downer because we have won, but you have to look at the bigger picture and think, Christ, that's two games in a row. We have not league games in a row. We haven't played that well. Mm-hmm. Um, and that it does need to improve. Um, but like you say, <laughs> you, you, people talk about a Premier League side. It, when they, signs of a, a, a good side in the Premier League. if they don't play well, and they pick up three points on a lesser scale. So in League One, teams at the top, if they don't play well and pick up three points, you can sort of see it as a slight positive that you've managed to grind it out, especially with 10 men.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Matt, I'll, I'll come to you with a result. I think we spoke about it previously with um, with yourself and we discussed how your season's not really gone the way that you wanted it to go. In. And I think, don't quote me on this, but I'm, I'm pretty certain you said it was a case of this game is important as every game is, but the game on Tuesday is more important. Defeat to defeat in the same way that a win's a win, but does it give you a lot more confidence going in on Tuesday? Was that a different Gillingham
3: side to what you've seen recently? I think I've said on the preview, if we had Mustafa Cario and Ryan Jackson, we suddenly have pace at right back area. So he gives us an outlet. It means he can get us to the halfway line. And on the other side, we've got Muzzy who can can carry the ball and get us into dangerous areas, win free kicks. I think he's involved. I'm not sure. I thought he won the penalty, Mustafa Cario, but Jill's Twitter says it was Stuart O'Keefe. So I'm not sure I've got them two muddled up, but um, we looked a much better side. Unfortunately, Cario only lasted an hour. You've just got that, haven't you? There we go. Uh, (laughs) Excuse me. But, as frustrating as today is most people had us to lose to Sunderland the big one is, is Doncaster on Tuesday because um, they're down there where we are essentially and we've only won twice in 13 games we played a couple extra so we need to start picking up points and, and, and as annoying as this afternoon was I'm confident that if, if we put in that same level of performance and just starting out a couple of problems you know you can say that we've switched off at the back post for both goals. It's essentially the same ball. It's a diagonal from right to left and, and we don't pick up our runner. Um, but I'm going to give Tom Flanagan credit. Another ex-Jules. That's two weeks in a row. Marvellous. Um, he's brave and he puts his head on it and uh, he gets his reward. But if we play that against the Doncaster side that's that's probably as low on confidence as, as we are and concedes more than Sunderland and, and doesn't have as good a players, then we'll give ourselves a great chance. It's whether we can get Carry and Jackson out on the pitch twice in four days after both have been out for the best part of a month and a half. That's that's my concern, is that they might not be able to start Tuesday night. But it doesn't mean I'm still not frustrated this afternoon because, like I've already said, I, I think we did enough to to deserve a point. If you look at... You, you can't just look at, at stats and stuff like that. And we've spoken about what stats are, you know, a good value and what, what's not, essentially. But we've had 24 shots, we've had eight on target... Your keepers made two or three really, really good saves as well. I'm not talking, you know, routine stuff. The one from Mackenzie's an absolute worldie. Um and yeah, I I've said it once, I've said it a million times. I think we deserved a point, but you scored two. We only scored one, and, and it's a different Sunderland performance in the sense that, like Brad said, if how many times did they talk about Man United in the nineties not playing well but but grinding out results and winning titles and, and, and winning trophies? And you're gonna to have to do that a few times in League One. You've been here long enough now. To, to know what League One's about. You're going to have to go to places like Gilliam. You're going to have to go to places like Atkinson and Fleetwood, where it's it's cold and it's open-ended and it's not pretty and it's not nice. And you're going to have to dig in to get results. And and you've done that this afternoon. So, so hats off to Sunderland.
0: Sounds like i I'm, I'm loathe to ask this question because it, it sounds really arrogant, if I'm honest with you. But I suppose there's maybe an element of truth in it. And that's hence why I'm asking that. But i are on one of those sides that, like I said before, always seem to give us a difficult game and yet This season, you're you're bobbing around the bottom. In general, you've been top end of the middle of the table, if that makes sense. Um, Is there a case that with Steve Evans and and with Gillingham, you do raise your game against Sunderland?
3: Potentially. You can only ask the the only people that know that are the players and the coaching staff because they should raise their game against every opponent, especially when we're struggling down the bottom end. But
1: Mm
3: -hmm. (laughs) excuse me, I'd imagine there is something in that for all the smaller clubs against the the bigger clubs if we like to label them and pigeonhole them because you know you hear things like oh it's this team's cup final Sunderland are coming or it's this team's cup final Portsmouth are coming or Ipswich, but we're in a dogfight at the moment. We spoke about this on the preview and said that the season's taking shape now and that the table's finding its natural order. Well, we're I haven't looked at the table, I don't really want to, but I'd imagine we're in the bottom six, probably lower, and we've played a couple of games extra. So at the moment, we're in nothing but a relegation dogfight and we need to start winning football matches and picking up points quicker than, well, sooner rather than later, sorry. And and Doncaster's a a good opportunity and then we have to go Bolton next Saturday. So that's another tough game against the side that have probably got aspirations to be in and around the top six at least. So I don't think it's arrogant from Sunderland fans. I think some are. You come across some of that type in every fan base though, don't you? Every, every fan base has got a village idiot or a few at least, but generally the, the Sunderland fans that I interact with and talk to, are, are, you know, sort of realise what league one's about and know why you're there. And you're there for a reason. That's because you weren't good enough for two seasons when you got relegated back to back. But it, it, to me, it just looks like a different Sunderland this season. I can't, I can't get away from that. It looks like a, a different sort of machine. And when the going gets tough, I think you might have rolled over last season. You know, if we take for instance, the, the Lee Burge error for the, equaliser at the stadium, a lot of Jordan Graham smashes in. whereas today, right, your keeper's kicking was crap for 90 minutes, he just kept booting it out of play, bless him, but um, when he's had to come up with a massive save, he has done, and it's ultimately gained you a couple of points.
0: Jack, I'll, I'll come back to you. Moments in seasons and moments in games, um, cheese as it may be, is what wins your titles or promotions or trophies. Aidan O'Brien's equaliser, probably undeserved, came at the best time possible. Um, Brilliant ball from Dan Neil. Doesn't surprise me that I'm saying that. How important could Aidan O'Brien's goal be if we go and say half time 1 0 down and, and then Gillingham go looking for the second as opposed to us trying to be like, bloody hell, thank God we're at 1 let's, 1. Let's try and push on and see what we can do. How important do you think that goal was?
1: Yeah, I don't think we win the game if we don't get that equalizer on the stroke of half time. Um, I'm fairly certain of that. Um, and I was looking for a reaction because I, mean, I, I said, you know, yeah, we're level OK, but we've been pretty terrible for 42 minutes three four minutes you know a couple of minutes an injury time before half time and i actually thought we've got the goal and i thought we were start, we were starting to show like we we're gonna be on top in the second half you know what i mean i thought we've got the goal in the second half i mean and we started knocking about a little bit and you know get on the ball a little bit and we had them on the ropes like just for a short period of time maybe five or ten minutes um and i really felt like i was maybe a little bit cocky and thinking that we could go on and get a third and both, if we were to get three, we're not really you know, you know, consolidate, and then obviously the red card happened, which completely changed the game. And then we, we we got deeper and deeper, and then it was just a case of can we hang on? Um, but yeah, I thought you know, overall, you know, did we deserve it? Did we deserve the win? Probably not. I would agree with that. I think them a very good value for a point, if not maybe a little bit more. But uh, I would also agree with the fact that the ability to grind out results when you're not playing well is a sign, I think, of a team that's going places. And I think that you know, this team looks like we can you know, we've got momentum, uh, and you know, we've only we, you know, two weeks ago against Portsmouth we were terrible, performance was terrible and the result was terrible. Well today, yeah, was, uh, performance in was good. But the main thing is that we've got three points and now you're looking ahead, uh crew crew on Tuesday night and Charlton on Saturday now. And really, you know, those those two I think are in the bottom bottom four, maybe bottom three, I think with the Lord Dillingham. So I think now we should be looking and thinking, you know, a chance for us to not only get the result, obviously see if we can improve the performance, go down to crew on Tuesday night and get on the ball, great chances, and, and keep them in the pitch and hopefully win the game. Right, I'll,
0: I'll come on you for the next one. Again, I don't want to go um, negative because it, it is a positive that we've won it, and, and I'm, I'm really happy with that, despite the, the things that may be negative with it. But one thing I looked at today that I was a bit concerned by, and I think a lot of people felt the same way, was our bench was full of, like, bands, basically, <laughs> full, full of kids. You take that away as well, um, Lee Johnson didn't sound Confident that the likes of Broadhead, McGeady, and the like would be back. And and I feel like today we, we'll. I've seen a few people comment on it and I agree with it. I, th- I think we miss a little bit of width when McGeady's not there. And I think O'Brien O'Brien goal today, yeah, great. I, I don't know whether I'd want to play there every single week. And these injuries with the likes of Gooch, McGeady out. And and broadhead as well. It doesn't sound like they're coming back imminently. we've got a game on Tuesday. Maybe it's just trying to dampen expectations. But we've got a good squad. We've talked about it. It's getting stretched at the minute. Um, how important do you think it is that we get some of like gooch and just a little bit of width width and the first game players back into the team?
2: Yeah. Um uh I completely agree with that when you looked at the bench today, you looked and there was Bailey Wright and would you Class 10 Hume as a senior because he's been out for that long. Um, and then apart from that, it was the lads who played against Lincoln or Man United under the 21s. But that's what them games are for, for them lads to get better than their first team and they've done themselves no harm. So in, in one sense, yes, I can see what you're saying. When We've said a few weeks ago, we've got two players per position and we've got that little bit of depth, but it just seems like our injuries have all came at the same time yeah to the to, to the yeah our injuries and now maybe a suspension is going to come all at the same time where yes the first 11 is still strong but then if you start picking up an extra injury here or someone's getting a bit fatigued there you are looking to the the under 23s now if this was two or three weeks ago before the the uh, pizza cup games i have been a little bit more concerned about it, but after watching them two games, they've des- they're deserving of the chance to be in in the round. they
0: all they? all right. I've I enjoyed mean, I was, watching them. I was. I enjoyed was, watching them. You know, the kids that were on the bench, you can't say didn't deserve it. I think you know, fair play. Um, and and I like that Lee Johnson's talk about cohesion between the different levels.
2: Yeah, even, down the, 16s, even yes. down the under 16s even down the under sixteens, Graham. There's. That uh, I think McAllister, Jamie McAllister, touched on it on the pre-match, saying that they were there watching the under fifteen's time weer derby, and they said they could see there they were playing the same way as the first team are, and so they're trying to put it all the way through. So I'm I'm not as alarmed as I would have been, but yes, if we do need to make these one or two changes in the next game, with it going Saturday Tuesday, Saturday Tuesday, <laughs> we do need them extra couple of bodies back in the side. Yeah. Um, you could see today I think we played more like a four-two-two-two. I think we were very narrow. I think they were listening to Matt through the week and He narrow. said that they were going to play four centre halves, and they went, "Oh well, we've listened to what uh, <laughs> they've listened to what the fog and Matt's saying that they're going to play four centre halves. We're just going to go narrow, um, and it didn't quite work. And I think we do miss the likes of McGeady and Yegouche, even Jacku, who could have given us that little bit extra width. Um, but nothing away from O'Brien again. Like you said, he's one of them players where like." You'd probably not be in your first team if you asked 100 Sunderland fans. There might be only one or two who put them in. But when he comes in, he does a job. There was a point, I think it was in the second half, he brought it down on the halfway line. He flicked it over on there, lads, and, and set us on the attack. Um, and he he, did, he done well today. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we, we need to get these players back. There's no there's no, there's no no doubt about it. when McGee's fit, when Gooch is fit, when Jacko's fit when Evans is fit, them guys do come back in or they're, they're knocking on the door to get back in, especially after the last couple of performances when we've only had, was Evans and Jackie who played the other, on, in Portsmouth and they were uh, missing the day. Yeah. So they can, can all be Jackie knocking on Evans. the door to get a start again. Um, but I, I, I'm I'm trying to reflect on the game. And I don't think it was a matter of, yes, we've had a few bad individual performances and Matt touched on it. Flanagan played brilliant today. We've, we've said about him for weeks and weeks and weeks. Love Flano. Oh, I, I, I love him know. a bit. This season I love him a bit. Yep. Um nah. but um so I was starting to think like apart from the one or two straight passes and like I think it was full credit of Gillingham. They made us look bad. I, I I think we turned up expecting a bit of an easier game. Maybe it's not players thinking that but as fans we thought oh, we're going to have a bit of an easier game here and surprised us game. I just, um, never think it's easy down in Gillingham I just never think it's easy um it's not it's not it's a Steve Evans way he's going yeah. to set his team up to play like that against us and it's credit to them because it works it's it's worked how many times at least 50% of the times that we've played them if not more um and from the outside, looking in from a, from a flip side, when we usually ask how uh, opposition fans think of us, Matt, based on what we've seen of years today compared to teams we've played this season, you've, you've got no worries. Like, you are miles better than teams we've played. Without yeah, a doubt.
0: Yeah, and, and I feel like that quite often with Gillingham. Um, we talk about injuries a little bit. We talk about players that are going to be out. One player that is going to be out is going to be Elliot Emberton. Um, in my opinion, that's... No matter what you thought of, which we're going to come on to just before we finish, there's no chance that's getting overturned, but Matt, I'm going to come to you first, because I think there's been a discussion with Sunderland fans where 50% think yes, 50% think no, there's maybe like 10% in between that, where there's a thought process that maybe Steve Evans helped it, but I'll come to you first, Matt, what was your thoughts, is it a red card for you?
3: Straight away, red card. I jumped up. I was recording. I said, it's, there's a red card. I don't know who it is, but it's it's deserved. He's late. He's out of control. And he, if, if, if Jack Tucker doesn't see it, I think Tucker manages to, to catch a glimpse of him coming and starts to half jump, which means the contact's not... So... If Jack Tucker's legs are planted, it's a, it's a leg breaker for me. So I, I don't think Elliot Embun's <laughs> Excuse the part. He hasn't got a leg to stand on, which Jack Tucker <laughs> wouldn't have done if he'd not seen him coming. But it's an absolutely horrendous challenge. Any Sunderland fan... If that's the other way around, a screaming red card, 100%. And if they're telling me they're not, they're fucking lying. It's an absolute stonewaller of a red card. It's a horrible challenge. He's out of control. It's-
0: I think it's reckless. But Brad disagrees,
2: not you? I said orange card. It's like... <laughs> I think it was, a, he, he was He was late. And as soon as he set off to put the challenge in, I was like, oh, for fuck's sake, don't do it, don't do it. And he has... But without Evans going on like someone's nicked his last Yorkshire pudding and screaming, and then your center half running the length of the pitch and six lads around the ref, I think it made his mind up and now if you listen to Lee Johnson's interview, the fourth official and the linesman on the headset was saying yellow. Now I've watched it back. Yes, he was late. I'm not going to deny
3: that. It's very immature. Um. Him, but he's a young lad comes back what's um, what we always say we had a red card the other week though if you're putting yourself in a position where you're giving the referee an opportunity to send you the off one for then, me. then yeah. you're stupid yeah I get yeah. where you're coming and from with it was-
0: Evans probably has pushed it if the ref's thinking yellow especially if he's been thinking it previously but for me I go with what Matt said in the sense that if Matt says if it's on
3: our side I'm going mental about that Lee, jo- Lee if- Johnson's telling the fourth official it's a red card if it's the other way around 100% yeah
2: if 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 he gives a yellow, it doesn't get re-looked at. So, like, sometimes they say that the referee's got it wrong. But the fact that he's given red, it's probably is, Because it's that far down the middle, he'll go with the referees on, like, the on-field decision. So, we have to accept the fact he's going to be out for three games. It's, like, one of them... Oh,
0: it's happening,
2: now. You've seen awful red cards where you're like, fucking hell. He, he has nearly broke his leg there. Like I say, if his foot was planted, potentially. But when you watch it back, he's pulled his studs out and... Yeah, it, all, all I can say it was very late and it you've was ta- you, it you've was... talked
0: yourself into the fact you think it's a red card, Brad, haven't you? By accident. No. stonewall <laughs> yellow.
1: I, I always I, I always judge it by when when one of our players mixed out what was my reaction? And my reaction was I, I started saying yellow, yellow as if to say, like, please, please give me yellow. That's usually <laughs> my, my indicator that I think I think my player's in trouble if I'm shouting yellow, if I want the referee desperately to give me yellow card, I always think that's probably a sign that i'm worried about what, what the color of the card is going to be so i thought it was a red and i thought it was stupid the way he went in there was no no danger on the lads on the halfway line practically elliot Emblem's maybe got a little cane. i think he took a bad touch and he's gone in he's jumped in and i thought it was a red um i don't think it's the worst tackle i've ever seen like you know what i mean i mean you'll see probably worse tackles in league one but i don't think you know pointless appeal, and that was a red and i don't think it's getting overturned you'll definitely
0: see worse red uh worse red cars in league one but before we finish, obviously, because War Jack's got a night out to plan. Um, quick one, really short, short, short uh, response to this, I suppose. Um in the context of the season, Matt, what does that mean for Gillingham?
3: Not a lot. No one, like I said, no one was expecting us to beat Sunderland. we we've been rubbish all season on the whole, based on league position. You know, you don't you can watch games and say we was unlucky here, we should have won this game and that game, but we're fifth, sixth bottom for a reason. We're not winning enough football matches. So Sunderland turn up their fourth games in hand, Sunderland win. Anyone's having a bet. If you're doing home way or draw, you're putting Sunderland in your hacker, aren't you? So yeah. it's 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 not a you know, it's not gonna have a big bearing on where we end up this season. Doncaster, like i keep coming back to is massive on Tuesday.
0: Jack, um before I let you go and enjoy your night in tonic, um, because I know it's going to be tonic. Um <laughs> what's for you, what does that result mean in the context of Sunderland season?
1: Yeah, it's good. Um we win, which we haven't had many of um, Not the best of performances, but we found it out. I always think that's a very good sign. And, you know, after the horrendous show of Portsmouth a couple of weeks ago where we're battered, it's nice to get back to winning ways. Um tough, tough place to go, Gillingham. You know, Matt touches on that, they've not had a great season, they're not playing well at the minute, they're not getting results. But I always think if we can get wins at places like that where we've struggled, it's a good sign. So happy with it and hopefully we can get the performance better in the next couple against Crow and Charlton.
0: And Brad, you get the final word in the context of Sunday's season. What's what's your thought
2: process? Staying like a broken record at the minute there because I I keep saying it just shows the um, a, a big defeat the other the other week against Portsmouth we've showed a bit of character. Um, after the red card with twenty minutes to play, they've dug in and we've, we've managed to grind out a win. So it it is a big win. Um, but we need to get back to thinking right like it was before portsmouth was at, uh cheltenham where we've took the to bits we, we need to get back to playing that type of football where we're not holding on towards the end um yeah but in the context of it mate, it was it, it's just it was just nice to hold on to and i said me and my mate were watching it we said sometimes them type of wins are more satisfying than going out and tonking the team four or five nil. yeah it's, like it's been you, what's that you, like you've you've um what's that fun? fun? Good fun. No, no, it was boring. So it once was every boring four years it, it comes along. Yeah. <laughs> I take a last minute uh,
0: winner. I take today's <laughs> win over a five 0 which sounds ridiculous, really. Yeah. But that—that that is the life of a football fan. I get with that. That's how I that.
2: felt like sometimes when you're watching it and it's like five 0 and you're like, you don't, you lose interest. You know what I mean? It's just like game's over. But that one, you, we were just like fucking hell. And then you keep looking at the clock and you going, "Oh God, there's only been thirty seconds and they've had four shots." So it was just like it was just. Yeah, it's just one of those things where you look at it on the whole, and you look back, and we might look back at, it at the end of the season and say, "That's one of them them games where we've picked up three points we probably didn't deserve, and they're the ones that have got us over the line."
0: Yeah, you'll take it. I'm happy with it. I'm happy to be back with a win. I didn't like doing the 4-0 Portsmouth one; that was grim. Um for anyone listening, obviously, as always, um, I think when you own a podcast, you meant to say subscribe or something. Own a podcast like this thing makes me money. Fantastic. Eh? Um, but yeah, I've been Graham Falk as always. Jack has been Jack and he's buggered off. He's gone on, he's gone off, he's away at Tonic already, he's halfway there. Um, and obviously we don't do this in video form, but he's got a nice red and white shirt on. So he's uh, true to four. Matt, we can find Matt at, at Jill's in the blood um, on Twitter and all over the shop. I'm sure you guys know exactly where to find him if you listen listened to this before. Brad, thanks for coming on yet again. Um, enjoy the win, everyone. And uh, thanks for listening, I guess. Cheers. <laughs>